Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Dean the Shimbo. And today on the show, we're going to talk about five reasons why you should invest in the main centres of whatever country you're based in. Uh, and this is a really interesting topic. It's a topic that we get asked about reasonably frequently because we're quite big fans of uh, of investing in the main centres here at Opus. So let's rattle through these five reasons why we think it's a good idea to invest in the main centres. And the first one we have is job growth, or really it's about the diversity of the economy that you have in the major centres. Now, this is really important because to have a thriving property market where property prices are increasing and property investors are getting that capital growth that is so important in property investment, you need a robust uh, uh, jobs market. You need people to have the incomes to be able to afford properties. So let me give you an example. I come from a very small town in South Taranaki called Harbour. It's about 10,000 people. And the biggest uh, the biggest sector of the economy is agriculture because we have a massive dairy factory, Fonterra Dairy Factory. And a large part of the town uh, is supported by the jobs within Fonterra and also by the jobs that are created because people who work at Fonterra then are able to go and spend. And there's the, all of this other industry, electricians and plumbers, all of that is based off the thriving dairy uh, industry that we have back in Harbour. Now, that means that we're very highly exposed to that, and if there was a downturn uh, within Fonterra or within the dairy markets at large, that would significantly impact the jobs uh, that are available in Harbour, and it would therefore have a significant impact on the property market. Now, compare that to, say, Auckland, which has a very diversified economy. If something goes wrong with Fonterra or the dairy markets, it's not going to have a significant impact on the job market at large, and therefore we wouldn't expect it to have a significant impact on the property market. So one of the reasons that we would say, look, the, the main centres are, are very good to invest in and more stable to invest in, which we'll get, get onto in a second, is because you have more a, a far more diversified economy and a diverse job market, which helps to sustain higher property prices and more consistent property prices, uh, even when there are uh, are fluctuations in one industry or another. So that's reason number one. But Dennis, what's reason number two that we have down? Yeah, thanks, Ed. So number two, I want to touch on population growth. So when we're looking at a main centre, what what's the economic outlook in terms of people coming into that city? I, I know that this has been restricted in the, the previous years, um, but if we look at Auckland, as an example, you're still expecting around 30% growth. So so what does this mean for people? Again, this, this ties in with your job growth. So people are coming to the city, you've got the diversity, they're going to be living there, but people always look at Auckland. Like, Auckland's a bigger city, it has the biggest population in New Zealand, but they, they sometimes look beyond some of the other centres. Um, an example of, of what you've recently published on our website, um, take a look at it, is Canterbury as, as number two. They're still expecting 19.67% growth. Now... When we look at this, Canterbury is still a large city. People sometimes look, sorry, don't look beyond the fact of the earthquake, but you have to look at, hey, who, who's coming to this city? What's driving growth in this city? And again, something else Ed has talked about recently, which is the magnet cities. Um, Canterbury is a really good example of this, and I'd, I'd highly recommend have a read of that article and why 
population growth is also important? Well, definitely, because population growth is one of the key things that's going to drive household formation. And of course, the the main thing that is going to drive housing demand is household formation, the number of people who are getting together and going to go in in a property, whether they buy a property together or they rent a property, which is going to help in the rental market. Um, And so more people coming into a city is going to drive housing demand. And just those stats again, you know, these are 20-year stats. So between 2018 and 2038, we're expecting Auckland to grow, or not, not us, The Stats New Zealand's projections is that we will have 30.75% more people in Auckland than we do today. That's outstanding, isn't it? That's crazy. That's that's a third more cars on the road and a third more houses that we're potentially going to need. Now let's rattle on to uh, number three, which is the diversity of people within a city. Now this is really important because uh, you may have a specific type of house, it might be uh, that you're going to invest in, it might be a two bedroom townhouse out in Mount Wellington for instance. And beca- because you have, uh, have more people within the city, you've got more people and a more diverse group of people from which you can choose your tenants. It also means that you've probably got a more dynamic rental market, which means that if your tenants uh, do leave, there's more people looking at any one time for a property, which means you're more likely to rent it. Again, compare that to to Little Old Harbour, there may be, uh, and I love Harbour if anybody's listening Mm -hmm. from South Taranaki, I really do, but I can talk about it as an example. Um, Because you've got 10,000 people there, you've got fewer people looking in the rental market at at any one one time, and therefore it's less dynamic, Um, there's, there's a bit more risk there. You don't want a flooded market, basically. You want a flooded market of tenants, but not of properties. (laughs) So that's number three. And Dennis, wrap us up with number four before we get on to the fifth one. Yeah, so when we look at number four, something we think about is infrastructure. So what's happening in the city? What infrastructure is going in place? And what does this infrastructure mean for jobs, accessibility? Um, An example I often like to look at myself is when we look at Hamilton, you've got the Ruakura Inland Port going in there. Now, now this is a massive development and it's going to provide sort of around 10,000 new jobs. And and what does this mean? So specifically in North Hamilton, you're going to have a massive demand for houses in the area. Um, Something else to think about with infrastructure is in terms of accessibility to the city, Hamilton and Auckland, you've got the new highways going in place. So really easy to get in, really easy to get out, people People want that when they're going to a city. Um, Auckland's obviously still working on this, but Ed? And the key thing there, I think, with infrastructure is that infrastructure means opportunity. Now, of course, if you go to any property investment seminar, they will always tell you to, to buy where infrastructure is going in because it means jobs now in terms of people actually building the infrastructure and jobs in the future as well. And the reason I say infrastructure means opportunity is that when new roads, new highways are built, it means it's easy to get from wherever that place is and then back into the city, which means that those properties that that are going to be built around that new infrastructure are probably going to go up in price. I'm thinking right now about um, Hamilton, uh, North Hamilton, where the, the new Waikato Expressway is being built in, uh, being put in. 
Mm-hmm. And that is going to decrease the amount of time it takes by about a third to get to, from Hamilton to Auckland, which means that those properties that are, bu- are built around the on-ramps for that that Waikato Expressway uh, are going to be great properties and probably really geared for growth would be my prediction. Um, and, and I'd say some other good indicators in this area is looking at your <laughs> McDonald's, your supermarkets, your petrol stations – they're also doing a lot of research in this space around what, what's driving growth and they're the ones putting in a lot of this infrastructure. So so just keep an eye out for what's happening in those spaces in terms of them as well. Because they've done the research, they know where there's going to be population growth. And the, uh, finally, the last one that we noted down, I think this is an interesting one, is stability. And I think this wraps up all other four, all other four factors that we've talked about. So there was a new, uh, just today actually, uh, there was a, a new report out from oneroof.co.nz where they, they reviewed the different districts in New Zealand or different regions and they were comparing the residential housing price growth uh, over the last 20 years. Now, number one within that report was the Mackenzie District, which is in uh, which is in Canterbury. And Auckland was, was actually far down the list with much lower percentage growth over the period they looked at. Now, the question you might think is, well, why wouldn't we all go invest in Mackenzie? And the, the answer I would give is that it's not always about percentage growth it's also about that absolute growth that you get. That's number, that's number one in terms of if you're buying in, in a main centre, you're probably buying a more expensive house and so you'll get more growth in dollar terms but less in percentage terms, uh, sometimes depending on which, which uh, time period you're looking at. Um, but the other is that because of these other factors, it's a surer bet. It's more stable because you've got the population growth, you've got the job growth and the diversity of the economy, you've got infrastructure going in, and you it's much more certain. Whereas if you're buying in a small town, it can be more affected by external factors that you more can't predict. It. They are potentially more volatile markets, and we and we do see that. So those are the five uh, five reasons why why we're big fans of investing in the main centres. That doesn't mean that you can never get a good deal or, or will never make a successful uh, investment in property outside of the main centres. But for first-timers, people who, who are just getting to grips with the property market and investing in property, it can be a really great option to just start with. Now, of course, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Opus and myself and Andrew and Dennis, then why not sign up for one of our uh, online video courses? We've got a free property investment video course available at opuspartners.co.nz. That's O-P-E-S partners.co.nz. And we've also just released a first home video course, first home buyers video course, which is $9, down from $99, which is available over at opersfirsthome.co.nz. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Dina Shipper. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.